Welcome to the Bridge to God's Word podcast with Carla Unseth, a linguistic consultant for missionaries working in Bible translation. We invite you to visit us at www.bridgetogodsword.org to learn more about Carla's ministry. Now, here's linguistic consultant Carla Unseth. And welcome to Building a Bridge to God's Word. This podcast is about the Bible and Bible translation. And we just started a series last time on how we got the English Bible. So in the last podcast, I talked about the foundations of the Bible and our trust in the Bible. And that is that it came to us from God. And that is called inspiration. And it's been transmitted incredibly accurately over the past 2,000 plus years that it's been in existence. So in today's podcast, we're going to move on from there and look at what happened to the Bible after it was written. So you have to know a little bit about the structure of the Bible to understand this and that it's in two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the last book of the Old Testament was written about 400 years before Christ, and that's actually when Bible translation started. So let me give you a little of the history to help you understand. In the Old Testament, we see the the Israelites, the Jewish people, and in the Old Testament, you see the kingdom get split into a northern kingdom, which is called Israel, and a southern kingdom, which is called Judah. But both of these kingdoms had a lot of evil, um, a lot of wickedness, and so God allowed them to be captured. So the northern kingdom, Israel, was captured first by Assyria, and it was the practice of the Assyrians that they would remove people from their homeland and they would resettle other people there. So the Jews were removed from Israel, were scattered across the Assyrian Empire. After that, Judah lasted for a little longer, but eventually Judah was also captured by the Babylonians. And the Babylonians didn't necessarily remove everyone, but they did take the best and the brightest out and bring them to um, Babylon. And that's where we get the stories of like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So eventually... Babylonia was captured by the Persians, and the Persian king actually allowed the Jews to return. But not everyone did return. By this time, the Jews were quite scattered throughout the world at that time, the known world. And some of the things that happened because the Jews scattered was, first of all, that they established synagogues. So they they couldn't go to the temple to worship, so they made these houses of worship that they could use in whatever area of the world they were in. And another thing that happened was that they needed scripture in, in their own languages as they became acclimated to these new cultures and learned their languages. And the lingua franca, or the main language of the time, was Greek. So there needed to be a translation of the Old Testament into Greek. And so that led to the very first Bible translation, which is the Septuagint. And that translated the Hebrew scriptures into Greek. And traditionally, it's said to have been done by 70 scholars. And that's where the sept part of Septuagint comes from, that word 70. But the Septuagint has become one of the most important translations in history. It was important linguistically because it influenced the meaning of several Greek words as Greek grew and gained importance in the world. Um, And it is 
important from a religious standpoint because it's the translation that the New Testament writers quote from. And then it also formed the basis for many later translations, and it allowed for evangelism across the Roman world. That translation really seemed to suffice for a long time because Greek was the language of the known world, of the Roman Empire. So there really wasn't much more Bible translation until after the death of Jesus and even after the writing of the New Testament letters. So we read about the spread of the church both through evangelism in the book of Acts, but then also through persecution. There was a lot of persecution among Christians, so Christians spread out among the known world. And wherever they went, they brought the Bible. And as a result, there was a huge explosion of Bible translation that happened between 150 and 450 A.D. So we see from that time period, there are Bibles in Ge'ez, which is a language of Ethiopia. So translation went that far south. There are translations in Arabic, Syriac, and Chinese, so that far to the east. And there are also translations in Armenian, Slovakian, Georgian, and German. So translation even went that far to the north and west. Another hugely significant translation that happened during this time period was the translation into Latin. And this translation was known as the Latin Vulgate. So Latin was the other official language of the Roman Empire. And if you'll remember from history, it was in the 300s AD that Constantine came to power in the Roman Empire, and he legalized Christianity. So that effectively stopped the persecution of Christianity. And then after Constantine, Christianity actually became the state religion in the Roman Empire, and the Latin Vulgate was the official Bible of the church. And while this seems like really good news, something very strange happened, and that was with the Vulgate, translation nearly ceased for almost a thousand years. There were several reasons that this happened, and it actually started out with an understandable fear. And that was that priests and clergy were afraid that they would distort the text if they tried to translate it on their own. And as someone who works in Bible translation, I think this is totally a legitimate fear. Translation is a serious work, and it requires humility and reflection and lots of checking by lots of people. I think it kind of falls in line with James 3.1, which says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. I think this applies to translation as well, that when we're passing on the word of God, it's weighty work. It's not to be taken lightly. But the Bible also tells us many times the importance of teaching God's word. So even though it says not many of you should become teachers, basically it's saying don't take this lightly, but it's not saying don't do it at all. So we don't want to stop teaching the Bible and we don't want to stop translating the Bible in order to avoid error. But unfortunately, that is exactly what is what happened during that time period. And as that fear grew, the church actually began to believe that lay people, even reading or studying the Bible on their own without the help of trained clergy, would distort the text and lead to heresy. So the result was that they took the Bible out of people's hands. It wasn't translated into local languages, and people were not allowed to read the Bible on their own. And as this time period continued, there were various church councils which actually banned Bible possession and Bible translation altogether. So it was completely banned from the church. 
But it wasn't all bad news during this time. There were a few bright lights for the gospel, and one of those came in the form of a shepherd whose name was Cademan. So you may have heard of the band named Cademan's Call, and this is named after this man. And the the story goes that there was a feast, and there was singing, and poems, and that kind of thing, and Cademan was kind of upset because he could not write songs. And so he left the feast early and went to his sheep and went to bed. And in a dream, he learned a poem. An angel gave him this poem. And when he woke up, he remembered the poem perfectly. And not only that, but he had this gift of songwriting. So it was said that after that, whenever he heard God's word interpreted to him, he wrote it in a song. And so, essentially, he was doing Bible translation through song in an era where translation of the scriptures wasn't officially allowed, and he was part of the church. He eventually became a monk. So, God's word was preserved even through this time. So, I think it's pretty amazing to see how God allowed his word to continue to be heard, even despite these bans. So, just to give a little recap... The very first Bible translation was the Septuagint, which is the Old Testament translated from Hebrew into Greek, and it allowed for evangelism across the Roman world. But then after the death of Jesus, as persecutions of Christians rose, there was another explosion of Bible translation as Christians went out around the known world and brought the Bible with them. However, this period ended with a thousand years of very little translation as the church took power and banned translation because of the fear of heresy. So I am so thankful for the men that we will hear about next time. And these are the men of the Reformation. So this is when Bible translation started again with the Reformation, the next period of translation. And these men saw the great need for the people to have the Bible in their own language. And they gave their lives to translate the Bible. So I hope that you will join us again next time. And thank you so much for listening to Building a Bridge to God's Word. 